the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com. Hey, this is Frazier with Lead Pops and Next Level, and I'm proud to present this episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Lead Pops is the industry's only future-proof growth solution. You can check us out at leadpops.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast with my main squeeze, Sean Zamanoff, the best two coaches within the Next Level community. If you didn't know, now you know. Welcome, everyone. Sean, what's happening, my man? You know, it's just another beautiful day in cold winter paradise and uh and i'm excited for it man i'm you know what i'm most excited about katie what's that is getting to spend some time with you today hey man it's always a good day when i get to spend time with you it's like uh it's like hitting the lottery man i, I just you know it's, just, it's like christmas morning over and over again that's it dude <laughs> Well, um, hey, you know, so we we're, we wanted to have a little conversation today. So, you know, yeah. uh, Kenneth and I have both recently uh, transitioned uh, from a retail world to a broker world. KT in the process right now, almost everything's finalized. And so a lot of people reached out and been like, hey, should I do this? And man, why are you doing this? And first of all, so most Every single person listening to this podcast should do absolutely nothing. This market sucks. It's tough. Just as we called a year ago that it was going to be tough. Now we didn't think it was going to be this bad. I'm going next year, 2023, or as you're probably listening to this in 2023, uh, it, it's going to be better. We're, we're going to have a, it's probably going to be till late spring, but we're going to have a really great year. It's just going to take a little longer to get moving. And remember that the grass is greener where you water it. So like you having a lack of business and doing a lack of sales activities right now doesn't change if you go to to anywhere else. So the best spot where you're at is the the best spot is probably where you're at right now. and, And you should water that grass. Now, we had reasons for making that change. And and so kind of wanted to just clear the air with everyone, uh, be able to answer this for the masses, because you know, a lot of people have reached out to Kenneth and myself and we just have limited time. So it's hard to have this conversation yeah. with everybody. So we just figured we'd make a podcast and, and have it with you right here. Uh, because for many people, retail is better. For many people, broker shops better. For many people, it's completely indifferent and it depends on who you're plugged into matters. Uh, but you, for the most part, should definitely not do what we did and open your own company because if you don't have the time, the resources, and know what you're doing to put into it, yeah. it is the worst idea on the planet you could possibly have. Yeah. So I, I just wanted I, to frame that. Kenneth, yeah, I that's such that. a great point. Such a great point. Um, you know, Sean, a lot of times I tell people, you know, we've heard the, you know, you know, we have. We we've heard brokers are better and and all of these things. And I'm not saying that I believe that ideology. I think brokers have an advantage in some ways, and I think retail lenders have advantages in others. And hey, I've been in both worlds, right? I've been in the business almost 20 years, and I've split my time between the two. Um, I was previously a broker, Minicore. Really, you know, really enjoyed the model. Then the industry changed. It shifted, right? Frank Dodd, Dodd Frank was happening. The CFPB was created. And to some degree, I kind of felt like retail scared everyone into retail for the protection and, 
you know, but at the end of the day, now that the time is gone, we've realized that the CFPB really wasn't after the smaller broker shops. They were going after the large, like big retail type companies and kind of holding them accountable to some degree. And, you know, I kind of, I did, I jumped ship. I went to retail. What I liked about the retail at the time is, you know, I was, had, had better processes to some degree, uh, systems. I had an HR team to plug into. I had a closing department. Uh, there were a lot of things I didn't have to do anymore. So I felt like I had owned, I got some of my time back, right? Like I did, I got some of my time back. And I had one way of doing business, meaning one process. I had underwriters, right? You could develop a relationship with, whereas on the broker side, even many correspondents, I had five different investors I sent pretty much 100% of my business to and had five different processes, right? And I wasn't as efficient as I am today. I didn't know, I, I know more today than I did back then. Technology has really um, grown since I left the broker world. There's new processes and systems and, and companies that are available that will, you know, if someone was to open their broker shop, that they could basically hire out to do these things for them on a very low cost basis. So to your point, Shane, I mean, Sean, pardon me, Sean, didn't mean to insult you, brother. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, but Sean, the, the thing about it is, is you're right, man. Retail is good for a lot of people. It served me extremely well for a long time. Okay. I think we can all agree that the retail has been very hard the last, you know, eight to 12 months simply because of margin compression and what the market did. And, you know, retail, I mean, they don't always, they're not, not all of those companies are transparent. Some are, I know that you worked for a company that was extremely transparent. My company was extremely transparent with me on the, on the pricing and, you know, retail did what it had to do to survive, which meant, a lot of loan officers out there could not lock a loan without a chart. Like they couldn't get a par rate, right? And it's hard to sell a loan having to charge a point and a half, two points on the retail side. And man, I had so many loan officers reaching out to me and asking me, Kenneth, is this legit? You know, is this my company? You know, whatever. We do pricing quotes. It's if I had access to raw pricing so I could see what it was. And, uh, and a lot of times, yeah, I was like, yeah, if you, if you're, if your branch is, you know, 2.75 margin, well, your company's making 2.75 as well, which made, you know, two and a half points charged to the borrower. And so now that that's kind of softening to some degree, you're going to start seeing rates. We have, we've started to see rates come down. Now the broker side, you know, a lot of people are plugging into it simply because as an originator, Sean, it's like, your LO comp's the same. Do you want to sell a 7.75% interest rate or a, you know, or a 6.5% interest rate, right? And that's an easy answer. So for people, so there's, there has been a huge shift. I would say a good 20% of the market's jumped ship um, over the last couple of years and gone to the broker side. It's 20 plus percent. And if, you know, and, and there's a lot of people out there that do, that they do, like price is a huge part of their business and their success. I've never really been a price leader in my community. I will be now, but I've always been one for service and quality and, you know, processes and systems and the, and the uh, experience that the, that the c consumer would go through all these things, right. That, that cost a little bit more money. 
which would yield a higher rate. But when you have good referral sources, you know, rate wasn't a huge issue for me, right? It just wasn't. I've never really made, you know, my marketing about rate. It's always been about service and, and experience and all those things. And man, in a high rate market, guess what? That's a little harder for some people to swallow, right? You can only sell that for so long. So I do think that, that to your point, retail is good for a lot of people. If you're younger in the business and you're plugged into a retail, man, you can plug into good retail shops. You can plug into bad retail shops. Same with the broker world. You can plug into a, you know, high, you know, producing, efficient broker shop and some really crappy broker shops out there. There are, there are some crappy broker shops out there. They just are. And they don't have processes and systems in place. And it's just really hard for their originators to have the support that they need. So what's the best option? The best option is whatever is best for you and your family. And, you know, I, Sean, uh, I'd love to hear kind of your reasoning and I'll share mine as well. What was your reasoning for kind of transition? Because, dude, you had, you had loan officers. You had a big team. Yes, KT was mentioning like pricing is starting to ease. As rates get better, as rates go down, uh, for those of you who don't understand the market, margin impression goes away because as rates go down, investors are less fearful of those loans being refinanced. So they pay more for the mortgage backed security. What the secondary market is willing to pay for the mortgage backed security is what drives how much compression we do or don't have. The disparity that we have in the rate market today is, is, is some of the highest that we will ever have in the history, and this will go away. So if, again, if, if you're moving, if you think you're better somewhere else just for price, you're wrong. If you don't have business, you're, you're dead either way. It, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. At, towards the end, uh, October 3rd was my last day as my regional uh, exec gig. And, you know, when my guys who didn't have loan apps at that time and had taken two loan apps a month for the last couple months, it didn't matter where they were. It wasn't going to solve their problem. And so I am, I'm 44 years old and I wanted to, so I, I just, I wanted something that was a little bit different for myself. Like the last couple of years that uh, that I was serving in the retail world, uh, I, you know, at one point I thought I wanted to build a billion dollar organization, and we got up to three hundred and fifty six million and some change. Uh, we we did three hundred and fifty million a couple of years in a row, and I really didn't like my life a lot. And it, and it was spilling over. I didn't realize quite how much it was spilling over into how it was showing up for. Uh, my family, my kids, and, and what it was doing to me. Like, I just, I didn't enjoy the gig. Uh, the last year in 2018, when we, we had marching depression, uh, reigned its ugly head, and, and we had a downturn in the industry, I, I triple sized the organization. I went from a $100 million shop to a $300 million shop. And I should have wanted to do that again. I should have wanted to, to grow substantially. I didn't. Um, Quite frankly, as I tell people, I would have rather uh, shoved an ice pick through my eye than, than triple the size of, of my organization at that time. And so I knew that uh, I should probably think about doing something different. And I like to make lists. So I wrote out everything that I liked about the industry, everything that I didn't like about the industry. And then 
it didn't answer my question. So then I wrote another list. What did I like doing and what didn't I like doing? And it really came back to, I love building relationships with realtors and I love dealing with clients because, um, they were happy most of the time. And, uh, you know, I, I won't digress, but that's not the case with most loan officers most of the time. And, and so I was like, man, what can I do that creates something for my family that I can have for years to come? Um, because I was really planning my retirement already from uh, from managing a ton of people. And uh, I was like, what's something I can do for 20, 30 years? Story I love to tell people is like, man, I could, I was trying to figure out how I could hold on to my old job for eight more years. And now I can envision 30, 30 years down the road. I can envision being 74 years old, fly fishing on a river in Colorado. And somebody called me about a loan, me taking a break, answering that phone call, setting them up, having uh, two of my amazing women that work with me right now in their vacation houses, work up the deal, call them back a few minutes later and shoot, we're probably closing that loan in eight minutes anyway at that point because of where technology is and really helping somebody. I'm helping a realtor with their business and their family and I'm helping a home, new homeowner get into a home or somebody get into their next home. And that's an enjoyable thing for me and really like the industry just in, in that big role started to, to suck my life. And, and some people are like, man, isn't that a step back? Isn't that something that you, uh, like, didn't you go backwards? And I'm like, no, because I'm, I'm happy doing what I'm doing right now. And frankly, like I got a pretty good sell right now because it is, uh, you know, do you want to work with the best or you want to deal with the rest? Like you want to work with a guy who helped close 1600 loans a year for a lot of years in a row and helped other loan officers do that. And now I'm helping you, or do you want to go work with somebody who closes two loans a month? I um, mean, has never closed more loans than that. And, and so that's kind of how I put my proposition in place to really set others up for success. Yeah, I love that. Um, so what I'm hearing, and, and just so everyone knows, that was the most transparent, you know, description of your reasoning for for going over. And I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, And I want to share my side too, but we have a special guest today on our show. It was, um, you know, the third best coach with Next Level Loan Officers, my man, Shane Kidwell. What's up, my man? I don't my know man. how you can come into an introduction like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can, bro. Listen, I'm KT, dude. I can do stuff that other people can't do. Is that fair? I mean, you you do it whether you're supposed to do it or not. <laughs> Sean, this was this is totally on Ken. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Sean. You know, so so what what lots of people don't know is, you know, we're we're just originators, right? Who happen to have had a vision of doing something more. So when we fumble through things, it's not an act; it's really us fumbling through things. And we <laughs> yeah. have a podcast coming up after this one, and so I was jumping on for that to test my systems. But yeah. Sean, I love what you said, man, and the transparency. I think I just want to add one thing, and that's you design your life in your head. And so like when you say my team will be at their vacation homes, I'll be fly fishing in Colorado. It's really hard to accomplish something that you can't see, right? Like it's really hard if you don't have the vision for where you want to be. And, and, it, and, and that doesn't mean necessarily visions of grandeur. That can be visions of simplicity, right? Like, like for me, I just want to play with my daughter. I want to take her on a hike. I want to be in a position where I have the balance where like people say they have balance. 
then like they're 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 like at their kids like soccer game but they're on their phone they're not present with their family like that's bullshit balance you know and so i just love what you said said sean about the vision you have for your life and you intentionally designed it and uh that's the most important thing you know shady you made me think of a quote that uh, a good friend told me recently and it's, it's be where your feet are you know you talk about being at that soccer game like and if you're at that soccer game and your phone's in your hand and you're returning an email or talking to a client, you aren't there. You might as well yeah. be somewhere else because when your kid scores that goal or gets that hit or catches that out and you're the jackass sitting in the stands who didn't see it and he or she looks at you, you know, screw you because yeah, and they go, Oh, what did I miss? Sean? Killed your kids. Like yeah. they, they wanted to celebrate with, they looked up to see their mom or dad and you're an asshole being on the phone, not even witnessing a second of it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's real talk, you know? <laughs> and so, and again, there's nothing wrong with having seasons in business where you have to miss a kid's soccer game, right? Like I have seasons where, and I like there's there, I make sacrifices. We all do. Like I'll make a sacrifice. Now, typically what I do, and it's not right or wrong is I'll make a personal sacrifice. I'll skip the gym to get home to time with my daughter. Right. And so you, you're going to make sacrifices if you want to grow things and be successful and be in that the upper echelon of people who just don't do what everybody else does. But but you've got to pick what's important. And I know we've gone through a lot of exercises with our coaches designing our life, designing our day, designing with intention. So I just love what you guys what yeah, you guys talk. You just about. be better off. Like if you got a bunch of business to do, just don't go to the game. It's like, yeah, go to the office break for your kid. Be yeah. like, oh, man dad and mom was off doing something amazing to earn a living for me. And that's why they couldn't be here. I'll tell them about that versus them being there and not seeing it. That's it. That's it. hundred percent. Well, as we wrap up, I, um, I'll just share a little bit and I, and I love what you said, Shane, it's just, it really drives it home. But, you know, even for me, it was like, I, I want to be able to do the least amount as possible, right. With the greatest return. Like, I don't want to work hard, but I do. I just, I want to do the least amount of work as possible for the greatest return on my investment or whatever it is I'm focused on. And, you know, for me, when, because guys, when I left the retail side, I had a great gig. You know this, Shane, Sean, y'all know I had a very good gig over there and I took a pay reduction per loan, you know, doing the broker side. I had, I had, I had higher income, but higher rates at retail. Now I have lower income and lower rates, you know, and it's a different business model. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means it's different. And for me to really kind of wrap my head around it, I was like, well, KT, what do you want? You know? And I thought to myself, man, I would rather have, you know, half of a watermelon than a hundred percent of the grape. And what that means for me is it's like, when you're a price leader in your community, you just need to do a couple of more deals at lower cost, right? And take a, you know, a lower split of a bigger piece of the pie, right? And, but a lot of people live in that grape world where that they want every deal and, you know, they want to make as much as they can on it. And, but, but, the, you know, but the, there are benefits, you know, to both sides. I, I like the lower cost of the broker world. Uh, uh, but you got to determine is the juice worth the squeeze for you, for what you want, for the life that you want to design. Uh, because opening up your bro, if you think about opening up your broker shop, I'm just telling you right now, 
it is a lot of work. I've been doing it for, for a couple of months now, several weeks, and it's been a lot of work. And, you know, of course, and I went the mini core route. So there's warehouse lines, merge lot account, VA sponsorship applications, lender applications. There's just so much stuff that you don't know. Credit, LOS, like there's just so much to set up from scratch. Right. And so you got to have, yeah. You, you, oh, no, like, sorry, yeah, you. like you literally have to step away from your origination business to just well, to get this thing set uh, up. Ken, let me just say this real quick to the audience. The number one originator in the entire nation doesn't own their own company. So like, again, yeah. it's not right. It's not wrong. There's different <laughs> ways to be successful. It's based on what your vision is and you had a different vision. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I get it. It's like, yeah, it's totally. Yeah. And again, if you're doing this for price right now, like I was just reading an article this morning, like the five war, there, there's five days, like this has been a really crappy year in the stock market, but there's five days that have accumulated most of the losses in, in the stock market. You can't time the market. Like, so if you're doing something based upon price and not fixing the other things inside of your business, by the time you do it, a lot of this margin compression is going to be vanished and gone away. There won't be the disparity that we see in the market. Retail and broker are going to be pretty close to each other again. And so like, don't do something because you haven't done all the rest of the things. It's not the silver bullet bullet. It's not the magic pill. And you know, if you really need help with this, like this is where we're all about at next level. You should go over to nlstrategycall.com right now. Book a time, get on with one of our coaches. Let us help you with your business to get some ideas on what we can help you do to move the needle forward for you in 2023 and all the way into the future. Because I, there is a reason this is the number one podcast for loan officers, by loan officers, because we deliver immense value. And let us take a little bit of time and deliver some value for you. Shane, thanks for... Uh, Kenneth, putting you on the spot, and KT, it was a pleasure this morning, as always. As always. Men, always. women, children, whoever's listening to this podcast, Next Level Family, we appreciate you. Peace out, y'all. Thanks, guys.